Welcome back to the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast, the finest phototainment in the world. We are an irreverent look at photography. This podcast, like aspirin, will help you recover from your wedding hangover. And you might have noticed Dustin didn't say, hey, I'm Dustin, because Dustin's not here. But I am. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jen and I are recording without Dustin. Dustin's not really here and there's no real reason for it other than that I was lazy and I didn't want to text Dustin to see if he wanted to talk to me. I really just wanted to talk to Jen. In Dustin's defense, though, he did say we needed to have more female guests on the podcast. Quote, like Jen, we should have Jen on the podcast more. Those were his words to me. So Stephen took that as show should be 50-50, so let's just not get a hold of Dustin. You know, I could be doing this podcast with Dustin. Yeah, I know. You've done that before. It's so. true. Have we, we've done one, just us, right? Well, yes, you and I have done two episodes together, just you and me. And now this will be our third. Oh, Jen. The time has flown. You know, we're, we're rolling into a new day, a new, a new era of human existence. And I just want to know, like, what do you think is like the sexiest underwear a man could have? I'm just just throwing that out there. I just want to know your thoughts real quick before we get into the show proper. Um, hmm. That's a tough question because there are, I think, certain body types for certain underwear. Just like that's a thing. Yes, absolutely. I thought it was one size fits all. That's no. how I've gone through no. my entire life. Do you, is this still a question wearing, for you? That's why I'm or still is, wearing my Superman underwear from when I was a small child. Yes, it's very disturbing. <laughs> I would say not those. Not those. Not not, not Superman those. underwear? Not no. sexy? No. Clark Kent. Not going to be happy about this. Got a, got a new story for him to run on the Daily Planet. <laughs> oh, are, did you have an answer? I said not those. Not those. Just yeah. just not see for okay. That's the best I'm gonna get from you. No underwear. <laughs> nice. That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh Jen, before we get into the podcast, um, what beer are you drinking? And you don't know yet, so take a drink. And <laughs> give me a guess. Well, it has to be one of the beers that you bought went around Mother's Day. I don't because I didn't bite these. What is it? It's a quaff on, on. Okay. busted knuckle. It's a great Indiana beer for a great Indiana woman, just like you, Jen. And Steven, you are drinking a Glutenberg. I'm drinking a Glutenberg stout. Jen, I've mentioned it a few times on the podcast, but you're not really supposed to drink gluten or yeah. eat gluten anymore. Yeah. But you are drinking a beer that has gluten in it right now, and I'm drinking a gluten-free beer. This is true. I guess my uh, medical history is free for, for all now. Um. We've talked about it on Wedded, <laughs> and I've mentioned it here, so yeah. Well, we've talked a little bit about dietary switches. No, I'm eating gluten. They're going to test me for celiac. So um, I have to eat gluten for three weeks. And it has not been fun. It's been incredibly painful. And my stomach turns into a giant blueberry. Like Viola from, like Viola. from Willy and the Wonka. Nope. Willy and the Wonka Factory. That's what it's from. I think that it's Violet. Because she Violet. says, Violet, ah. you're turning Violet. Yes, that's it. That's the line. <sighs> Gosh, my love of Roald Dahl um, apparently doesn't exist anymore. I've forgotten everything. I described what we're doing. So Jen has like three weeks where she has to eat gluten every day, basically, right? Mm -hmm. For the test. And I told Dustin about it. Or more. And he said that, um, he said it sounds like a painfully delicious three weeks. Which made me think of, uh, what is it? Lucky Charms, they're magically delicious. But they, this is just painfully delicious. Why did my delicious. mind go to seven? Where Wait, he seven? like, Yeah, where... He forces the... <laughs> oh my gosh, the movie Seven, where he makes the man eat himself to death. 
I mean, if I have celiac, then that's exactly what I'm doing. Yeah, real talk. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so so it's been a great few weeks, but how do, how do you feel about the Quaffon uh, Busted Knuckle? Oh, it's one of my favorites. You can have your Gloomberg back if you really want it, but no. I just thought you'd, I was saving that beer for you for when we recorded, so. Typically don't like room temperature beer. <laughs> no, it's been sitting out for a while, so if you want to drink it. You're Glutenberg. I'm gay. That's what you're talking about. The Quaffon yes. straight out of the fridge. Yes. So I wanted Jen to come on tonight because we are talking. I wanted to talk a little bit about getting back out there and starting to shoot again. Um... The state of Indiana is opening back up. Dustin and I talked about that last week, and Jen and I both have shoots this week. So, Jen, I was reading on photofocus.com. Uh, Brian Essler, he's a photographer from, from Grand Rapids up in Michigan, and he wrote an article called What Photographers Need to Be Ready for the, quotes, New Normal. And so he gives like a bunch of pointers about things he thinks people should be doing. In Brian's article on PhotoFocus, he writes, uh, photographers should wear a mask. Is it necessary to wear a mask when you're outside, especially given that our state hasn't put anything in place saying you need to wear a mask when you're outside? What are your thoughts on that? I'm a little torn. Um, I think for my couples that I've met, that I've chatted with, it's going to be easy to just say, hey, if you guys don't mind, I'm going to just wear a mask. I don't want to take any chances to get you sick just in case I have, I'm asymptomatic. Is, Is that okay? Is that going to make you feel uncomfortable. I think for the most part, everyone's going to be like, no, 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 totally. Wear a mask. That's fine. Based on what the potential of being like catching something, wearing a mask is still pretty high. It's not really protecting you. It's just protecting your client, which I still think that's a really good thing to do. I think you should do that. Where it makes me feel like I'm not able to fulfill my job is that the way that I interact with my my clients, my couples, is definitely based on like facial expressions and them being able to hear me and um, being able to interact with them. And if you've interacted with anybody with a mask on, it's it's strange because you can't see people's mouths. It's hard to hear what they're saying. And I don't know. I haven't been in a position yet where I know what that interaction is going to be like. And how is that going to positively or negatively impact my shoe? I think, you know, they can't see your mouth. And I think we've been relying too much on our mouths to get across how we're feeling when we're in conversation with people. Um, You know, nostril game also out, you know, because the mask has to cover the nostrils. Otherwise, what's the point in wearing it? So you can't use all those sweet nostril flares I did when I was flirting with you and uh, letting you know how attracted I was to you. Um, So yeah, my, my flirt game is totally dead right now with the masks on, but still got them sexy, sexy eyes, Jen, you know, you know, and I think that's what it comes down to. We got to learn how to smile with our eyes again. Because for so long, we've been smiling without our eyes because we don't want to get those crow's eyes, you know, those wrinkles all around. We don't want to look old. Crow's but now, feet. Now we, crow's feet. What? what? Crow's, crow's feet, feet around your eyes? But they're eyes. Yeah, but they look like crow's feet because of the way that they, they sprout out. I don't know. I feel like you're making this up. I feel like I'm being made a fool right now. So You already made yourself a fool. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, yeah, I think I think we got to learn how to communicate better with our eyes, you know, giving the our clients those like those gazes that just say more than than words could ever say anyway. You know, that like longing look, you know, you know, throw a few of those at your clients while you're talking to them and just see what happens. Let me be clear. I'm just going to completely ignore what you just said and just say I am 100 percent with wearing masks. I think that it's smart. So you're 100% with what I just said, letting your eyes do the talking. Got it. <laughs> I didn't even hear what you said. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> so no, the, I, I just don't, I don't see a situation where it's necessary to be mask free. I think you've got to consider the fact if you are spending time with people that are out of your isolation bubble, you're taking the chance of spreading and or, and or catching COVID and what kind of liability do we have as, as photographers? Mm-hmm. 
So if we spread COVID to one of our clients that we were shooting and they could actually trace it back to us specifically. Yes. Um, what what would that look like? Is there, can there be any legal actions that are taken forth? Can some, do we have to worry about insurance? Do we like, if we're not taking those cautions, mm-hmm. I haven't, I haven't really done research because I honestly, I would just rather play it safe than be sorry. And that's just kind of how we've been since this all started that no handshakes, no hugs. <laughs> we've, I mean, we've had relatives ask for us to come over, spend time with them or have people over. And we're just like, we understand that the state's open, but I would never be able to forgive myself. If something happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Okay, Jennifer. Okay. <laughs> it's supposed to be a lighthearted podcast, and I'm like taking it. <laughs> you can, seriously though, you can cut all that out. I'm no okay. So after we kill our grandparents by coughing on their faces, um, what are we gonna do next? Uh, <laughs> I'm messing with you. Uh, so, so the next thing uh, that Brian writes about in his, his great article, he says to continue social distancing, and then he crosses out the social and wrote in physical distancing. So making sure there's physical distance between you and your subject. So the other week when you were you were doing the senior shoot last week, right? Yeah. Um, what sort of lenses were you using? I used telephoto as much as I could and actually just ended up in times that I wanted to do more of a wide shot, I just was stepping back farther and using a 50. But the issue there was not the social distance between my subject. It was the fact that there were other people there Mm -hmm. at the shoot. We had, we had a parent at the shoot as well and they had a dog as well. (laughs) So get the virus. So, so it was, um, did you pet that dog? No, it brushed against me. I know how dare For shame. it. <laughs> um, no, it was. It was. I didn't want to say anything. Like I'm very conscious on how people will feel about the photos if they feel uncomfortable during the shoot, and so I'm always very careful on how I word things. And if the parent was getting too close or the dog was getting too close, instead of saying, Hey, can you guys back up? You're too close to me, (laughs) which is sometimes, I mean, maybe people do that can say that. Well, I cannot, I just changed my position. Like I walked a different direction and Mm -hmm. just like, I either pretended like I was getting different angles or I'm like, Oh, actually this ended up working. And I'm going to just do this single here. So instead of being assertive and standing up for yourself, you were passive and just moved away from them. I wasn't passive. I was assertive in the sense that I I did what I was supposed to do. If I was passive, I would just let them like be leaning on over me and having their dog lick my face. Like that, that's not something that actually happened, but I'm just saying, you're saying I'm being passive. I'm not, I'm just not being assertive in the, in a, a way that you're, you would have might done it. I don't know. Would you have been assertive? Would you have been like, Hey, do you mind backing up? Back the f- up Rhonda. Oh what are you gosh. trying to do? Kill me. That's what I would have said. That's called bedside manner. Um, I learned it from every doctor I've ever been to. That's how you deal with patients. How's your photography business doing, Steve? So bad. So very bad. <laughs> you think we're laughing, but we're crying over here. <laughs> if Rhonda would just stay back, it wouldn't be a problem. No, I didn't but... know you. You wouldn't have you would have done the same thing. Ah, uh, Jen. I probably would have just moved away. That is correct. Oh. But I probably would have got a passive aggressive little jab in there like oh trying to get everyone sick at the park today huh and then I no, there was away. there was comments of oh I, I guess i'm not really social distancing i'm sorry like there was some things that were happening that there were not even you really, said that or no the clients of that okay. <laughs> i did not say that but i i was very conscious of my distance between everyone and i think what might fix that is there a market for photography bubbles probably not what there might be a market for is if we took a harness and you took just six 
three foot long fun noodles and you glued them onto the harness going out in different directions from you. So then people literally couldn't get closer to you because they would run into a fun noodle and it'd stop them. Of course. Then, How do you get through doors? Then it would be. How do you get in your car? How do you drive that car? How do you. You don't wear it in the car. Okay, you put but it where on does, when you get okay, to the but how is that? How is this six foot? How is this 12 foot wide? No, it's three feet on every side. So not going to be 12 foot wide. Okay, so it's it doesn't like actually seven. work. Um, it's Three going feet? to work incredibly well. Okay. There are flaws in my design plan, which can be fixed. We haven't actually gone into production yet. I think yet, the bubble okay? is going to work the best. And there can be a little hole. You have to, you like walk no, in the bubble. No, it's not working anymore not, if there's a hole. Not a hole. A hole. <laughs> let, me, let me explain. There would be a, a zipper pocket of where you would stick the lens through. Mm-hmm. And then you pull it out and you would zip it back up something similar to that and it has an what air I'm source envisioning here is like a hamster ball that yes. you are walking around in but there's like a, a hole for your lens apparently no, which you means you're like, like no, no 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 wait 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 you're perfect right there i just i gotta get i gotta, <laughs> to roll, I gotta, I gotta side roll, side. roll side to side <laughs> until the lens hole gets back up to where it's supposed but to but it be. won't be plastic like a hamster ball because you wouldn't be able to fit that in your car i mean come on 12 feet it's not a a harness noodle noodle harness is, is a plausible <laughs> idea and i can see this being sold and going into production everywhere you you mock me but mark my words noodle harness is a winner Such the, the your noodles only need to be head. three feet as long as everybody else has noodles that are also three feet if we can just get everyone wearing one of these then you don't have to have six you, foot noodles. now this is this is becoming a lucrative idea because yeah. now everyone has to have one but everyone has to have one for it to work. Yeah, I know. That's uh So we just, we're now we're gonna have to take we pictures. Get the government on board this with is this. like uh all of twenty twenty, twenty one is just people in these noodle Dressed harness. Like they're a visual representation of a virus. <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay. All right. Yeah. We're workshopping this, okay? It's something's gonna come of this, something good, something that's gonna help the people. Jen, the next thing Brian writes about in his article is he says to keep your camera gear clean. So the coronavirus can live on surfaces for up to like 48 hours after mm-hmm. it's hit there. So a super important thing for yourself is to clean your gear off after every single time that you leave a shoot. So does you don't he, get infected. Does he have any products that he recommends for cleaning Did lenses? Did Brian have any products on the site? No. Wow. Come on, PhotoFocus. Don't you want to get all that affiliate dollars from Amazon? Why didn't they include some products? You know what I'm saying? I know. They should have me... I've heard that Svedka vodka works really well. You just dunk your lens right in it. Um, But don't you have to soak it overnight? (laughs) In your mouth, yes. Preferably in your stomach. So, wait, you're going to deep throw your 70 to 200? Mm, I was just thinking about the vodka. You caught me there. Uh, Yeah, no, I think um, any sort of like Lysol wipe or anything. uh, Lysol's a brand. I shouldn't say Lysol disinfectant wipe there we go any sort of disinfectant wipe would um work to clean off your gear afterwards and we know that's safe i mean do any not as safe as washing your whole gear with soap and water but (laughs) i don't think i don't like running it under the sink i don't think our fucking mark fours are gonna hold up to that i don't i've seen so many youtube videos where they clean the sensor they clean they like just stick it under the water. You just stick it under the sink and just let the water run. It's a great way. You just flood it and then you just let the water absorb out or to uh, evaporate out. So the right? next thing, the next thing Brian writes about in his article is to stay on top of your health. And he says, you might have a mask, but do you have a thermometer? So I know just yesterday, yesterday, two days ago, one of our friends went to get a haircut here in Indiana and before they could come into the barbershop to get their haircut, they actually had to have their temperature taken by um, the people running the place before they were allowed inside. Um, because if you have a fever, that could be, you know, you're yeah. showing symptoms of coronavirus. So they want to keep you out of their, their business, their area of work. And so it'd be super important to check your own temperature before you go to shoot just to make sure you're not infecting anyone if you are possibly we're not going to be taking temperatures of our clients (laughs) yeah no that's what i would love to do just isn't that what they did with the one in 
But seriously, though, that's like, what that's... the barbershop did. Yes, that is correct. No, so can we just tell our clients, let them know? Like, so I'm just going to let you know, I'm going to have to stick this thermometer in your mouth before we get started. Or you're going to have to wear a mask. I mean, before all this happened, let's just be real. Like, how many times have we shot something where we were sick and we just stayed far away from the people? Or we shot something and our client told us, hey, I'm actually feeling sick today or I'm under the weather or I have a bit of a temperature and we just shot it anyway. It's like, I feel like that kind of stuff happened all the time. Every photographer I know has a story about the one time they were sick, they couldn't find anybody to cover and they also couldn't miss because it was some sort of event that mm-hmm. they just had to be at. And so they ended up shooting while sick. And I feel like the one thing we're really seeing come out of this is like, people are like, actually, no, like you really need to find somebody to shoot for you. Like, because if you do go, if you are sick, if people know that like you were sick and you got other people sick, it could come back to ruin you in your business just because lawsuits and stuff like that. I think it's going to, I think it's definitely going to change the way that people approach weddings and these are clients and vendors. I can't tell you how many times I've had the question, you know, what will happen if you get sick? Mm -hmm. And honestly, my couples were looking for me to say, I do everything I can be there to shoot. And if I physically cannot, then I find a replacement, but they were expecting me to be there when I had the flu strep throat, anything that would typically keep me home from work. But since it's a wedding, they're expecting us to be there. And the scary thing about that is that those things also can be transferred over to the couple, completely ruin their honeymoon, and also can be transferred over to um, all their guests, everyone who's there. Well, and people who are high risk. People who are high risk, yes. People who are immunocompromised. Not knowing that someone at the wedding has a flu or COVID, whatever it is, I think we, we're going to be a lot more careful. I think people are going to be a lot more understanding as well and respectful to the fact that you've found replacements so that you are not transferring your germs to someone else. I remember a wedding that I let them know I said I haven't been out of bed in two days I've been so weak and so sick and they still wanted me to shoot and I think if that wedding would have happened a couple like within the these past couple months or even into 2021 I think they would be like no 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 please Mm don't please don't come to my wedding (laughs) just as long as there's a replacement I'm happy yeah. I think it's important that we're going to have to build a relationship with our couples that they trust our judgment. Yeah. Um, the last thing Brian talks about is he says, collect deposits and update your contracts. The idea being make sure you get deposits from all your clients to safeguard yourself for, you know, the future. And, uh, to make sure you write something into your contracts, covering yourself in the event of a pandemic or something else that causes the entire world to basically shut down. Um, the one thing I would point out about that is I know um, James Kelly posted in the group because in Scotland, uh, somebody from like the government went on the radio or something and said, basically if it was canceled because of the pandemic, like you're not allowed to keep the deposit. It needs to be refunded. And it was like, it hasn't gone through like courts over there yet or anything, but that is something that a lot of different places are talking about is like, so, so, so many people have something in their contract saying like, act like if your wedding's canceled because of an act of a God, act of God or whatever, like you still don't get your, like your retainer, your deposit, whatever it is back. And there are a lot of places now that are looking at the current state of things and saying, basically that doesn't matter you need to refund the money for the retainer or whatever it is. And like, I think the whole thing behind doing the retainer is like the retainer is more that you're holding the date unless that like you're going to render the services and stuff. And that's like why you don't have to pay it back as opposed to a deposit, which you would have to pay back. Like all, like if things got canceled, but um, it's just one of those things to keep in mind is like when it comes down to 
a catastrophe that's affecting the whole world, um, you might not, like, even though your contract might say you don't have to give back a retainer, you don't have to give back a deposit, and they signed it, and they were okay with it, like, your government, wherever you live, could actually just come out and say, actually, that doesn't matter because of what's going on right now. You have to give them their money back. So put something in your contract, but it doesn't matter. So don't put something in your contract. I know, that's that's <laughs> that's kind of how I'm feeling about it, because I'm seeing so many people who are dealing with this in different areas of the world and even in some place in the U.S. where they're saying, like, no, 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 like, everybody needs that their money back. really gets under my skin what they're doing in Scotland because people are still going to get married. Yep. So for them to, I, I would say there would have to be a required reschedulement. I think requiring someone to pay more to move their date, I think that should be not allowed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that everyone is still going to get married unless they've spent too much time together in isolation and realized that they cannot spend time with each other anymore. I mean, that does bring up a great question though, because like, let's say somebody decides, Hey, we're going to postpone our wedding because of what's going on right now with the world. And we can't get mar- have the wedding we want of 250 people. Not, we can't have a wedding because you could still, you know, just get married by like a, a judge or an officiant who's licensed yeah. or a celebrant or whatever. Um, but like we're just gonna post postpone, get married later, and um, then something happens and they split up. Are you still on the hook then? Because they originally rescheduled because of the virus to refund their deposit, even though now they've just split up. You know what I'm That's saying? That's why you like, have to make sure you get a signed contract. <laughs> make sure those changes are signed. Sign everything. But seriously, though, like don't just take the email changes and say, okay, we're good. Sends a contract change to have mm-hmm. them initial and sign so that it is official. So you do all that for our companies through uh, Pixify. How does Pixify deal with contract changes? So Pixify allows you to do addendums to the contract. So I can actually add the date that the, the change has been made what the change is and that everything above the agreements agreement um, still stays the same. Um, Just this change has been made and actually emails to my couple and they resign the contract Mm -hmm. so that it is a, so um, it's legal, (laughs) a legal contract. Yeah. Uh, And that has actually been a lifesaver because this, if this was going on before, like when we were first establishing our business and we weren't doing any sort of studio software, I mean, I'm sure you can do the same thing with like HoneyBooks and um, the other ones. Pretty certain you can with HoneyBook. We had Natalie Frank on a few weeks ago who is, works for HoneyBook and she mentioned something about that. So, I mean, we did everything um, by... (laughs) Pretty much sending out a contract, having them sign it and mail it to us or meeting in person. We weren't doing signatures online. We didn't have the capability of doing that. And to go through this whole process um, and thinking about all the other things that they have to do, um, there's a possibility that I would still be sitting on some contracts for um, couples that have rescheduled in March. So I... I'm really thankful for that. And it's made it really like my life so much easier, but that has made um, it easier for my couples too, because they're not having to worry. It's just literally light sight, like uh, clicking on an email and then typing their name and that's it. It's been great. Yeah. If you don't have a CRM that allows you to just send out contracts and have them digitally signed and emailed back to you, please do that. It's, <laughs> it's so difficult it's so to worth like, the money. To like track people down and get them to sign stuff or to like mail contracts out. And it's like, you had to mail it out and then they have to sign it. Then they send it back to you and then you sign it and then you put it in someplace safe. And oh gosh, there were times when I can remember you sent a contract out to somebody and they sent it back and they like crossed things out and like written in new things. And it's like, you can't do that. (laughs) We're not doing this. Yeah, we didn't sign those couple, that couple. So. 
no, it's it's definitely a lifesaver. And I was all about save as much as money as um, save as much money as possible. I got to make sure that I make enough, and I got to be able to invest in more equipment. And I got to say that is the best investment that I've made. If you have a camera, you have a lens, and you have something to shoot on then that's really all you need. Just make sure that you have some sort of uh, studio management software that you can use because it's it's so incredibly cheap compared to the time that I put into managing everything on my own. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just wanted to ask Jen about that. Not so much to plug Pixify, which is what we use because it's just what we use. It's what we've always used. Um, but it's just, uh, there'll be a link in the show notes. There will not be, (laughs) there will not be, um, it's not a bad program. It's a good program. It's just, we're not doing ads for them or anything, but, um, (laughs) I just wanted to talk a little bit about CRMs because anything where you can send stuff out digitally through email and have like client communication sent back to you. And especially with like legal stuff, like contracts, it's just so important in a time like right now. Um, I mean, our first digital contracts were actually contracts people signed on your iPad back in the day, yeah. if you remember that. Um, and now, like, handing somebody your iPad and be like, hey, touch this screen that I've been touching all day. Like, <laughs> that's not going to fly right now. Jeez, every time I have to go to, like, the grocery store and they're like, um, actually, we need you to sign. I'm like, you or want me to pick sets. up your gross I'm- ass pen and sign? sign on this i'm not doing i need to buy like my own pen to bring that the grocery actually stores jeez <laughs> happens i went into um uh a a bakery it's one of my friend's bakeries and one of the employees came up and they were like okay i said i don't need a receipt and pretty much is i just don't want anything that could potentially be cross-contamination and uh they were like, okay, I need you to sign here. And I'm like, and I, I literally stared at the pins and didn't touch them because I was like, what do I do? What do I do? And she's like, oh, they're all sanitized. I was like, okay, thank you. <laughs> she could tell that I had like wheels turning like, okay, where's, okay, should I grab my hand sanitizer first? Should I sanitize it myself? <laughs> like, what should I do? You should have just grabbed your hand sanitizer and just put it over the entire thing of <laughs> pens and just squirted it. it on all of them. <laughs> I'm like, now they seem safe. <laughs> uh, but I felt like an idiot because there was a sign. It just didn't register that I should read what's mm-hmm. on attached to the pens because it's a pen jar. Like, yep. why would I have to read anything on a pen jar? But What's it going to say? Take a penny, leave a penny, and there's a little <laughs> know, dish seriously. underneath the pen jar? I don't like, even read that. So I just take the pennies and I walk away. <laughs> Oh my gosh, take a penny, leave a penny. Those, those are gone now. You can't do that. Oh, I'm sure. Every time I get asked to sign and it's like, mm, but it's like a square like one where it's like- Oh, a, you have to touch this. Yeah, I'm like, sure they, they flip, have to sanitize they, this. They flip the iPad around you. I just want to be like, take my like, finger up and just lick, lick it real quick <laughs> and then sign with it. I don't know if it'd register because it'd be wet, right? Yeah. <laughs> have you, I do like everything with my elbow- so just like tap the screen just, with my elbow. Let me roll my sleeve up past the elbow real quick and <laughs> let me get a good sign on. All right, Jen, uh, let's do some Q&A. Let's do some Q&A. But, but Steve. Captain Pike, Stephen Pike from our very own Facebook group writes, I'm really feeling for my couples today. I've had three brides on the phone this afternoon hoping to rearrange for next year. One lady confided she was upset that her fiance and her would now be waiting an extra year until starting their own family. It made me think about the repercussions of a delayed wedding beyond the upset about the event itself. For instance, what if, like our good, good host did, you are abstaining before marriage. Could you wait an extra 12 months? I would be like, nope. You must be talking it. about Dustin, right? <laughs> uh, oh, like, nope. How, wait, nope. Wait, Sorry. Wait, where did I mention that we... It's We talked about it on Wedded. <sighs> so this was your oh, own a, doing. Hey, Stephen Pike's been listening to Wedded. He, he followed <laughs> us. Oh, man. That makes me feel so good. Thank you so much, man. Means the world. Have we already talked about it. <laughs> We've talked about it on Wedded extensively in our episode about sex. 
Yes. The most awkward episode we ever put out. (laughs) Yes, I understand. Uh, So thank you, Pikester, for bringing it up. I... Here's my thought. Like, if if I was in this situation, and I know that it would be much harder to make that decision being in that that position, but if I was either abstaining or I wanted to start a family and I wanted to be married before all of that happened, I would have went ahead and gone forth with the actual marriage legally. Mm-hmm. And even though it's not in front of the friends and family, it's not exactly what I had imagined. I would have gone, I would have gone forward with that. We've had a lot of couples do that. A lot of couples who have got married in secret. They've been married for a while, and either friends knew about it, friend, family, or we were the only ones that knew about it. Um, and I mean, you can. If, if it's a if it's a situation where you just want to be married to be able to feel like you can make those decisions you can but I think things are times are changing and if you're afraid that like okay so you get married now you gotta like move off starting the family for a whole nother year because you're waiting until you got married to have sex for the very first time so if you get married in secret you can't start a family in secret because then people think you only got married because you had premarital sex and oh my gosh no. repercussions oh my there. Gosh. so like, this is what you do like, you just get married in secret and then right before you know before the wedding you, you get pregnant you know you make it happen and then at the wedding just so everybody's very clear that you were very good people who abstained until marriage i guess or what whatever your reason is um you just like at the end of the first dance, you're just like, and we've been legally married for a year. And you hold up like a thing and you're like, and here are the photos that Captain Stephen Pike did for us because I assume he was still there for the secret wedding. Is this not a good idea? You're looking at me like this is a terrible idea. I think it's and a I, terrible idea because I think people are upset. Sp- but I think the difference between our couples, you can talk after me. <laughs> On a scale of bubble <laughs> no, photographer to fun noodle photographer, how bad was that idea? <laughs> so I um, I think that people understand in the situation that they might get married without mom and dad there. Like, I think that's, this is, we're in a different time. Like, people are not going to be offended if they aren't seeing their their offspring getting married. Like, yes, I, I realize that like it, this sucks. It really does. Um, and I would be very upset if I knew like officially, like legally, my father wouldn't be there, you know, walking me down the aisle and us seeing each other for the first time, but, oh, you know, all this special stuff, but like that can still be had, like, you're just going to do things in different orders now. And I know that's going to it doesn't make it easier. Well, it doesn't make it so that it's absolutely perfect. Again, it still makes it hard, but you don't have to put your life on hold because things are not sculpting out to the way that you imagine them to be. Mm -hmm. You just have to ask your question. Is it more important to you to have a big wedding and then start all of those things? Or is it more important to you to start those things? I agree, Jen. It is a much different time, all joking aside, and people should be okay with getting married without parents around, getting married without grandparents around, and it shouldn't carry the connotation it used to carry of like you had to run away to get married or something, or you were doing it in secret, because obviously that's just the new normal now. It's real weird to think about. The new normal. Oh, so close. If I had said the new abnormal, it would have been the new Strokes album. <laughs> Jen. We've that got was a, like a really, really bad dad joke. Yeah. We've got a, I'm full of bad dad jokes. I'm a dad But this now. is like a really bad dad joke. <laughs> so Jen, our next question comes from Aldrich, who, our next question comes from Aldrich Mainz 57. Mainz? Mainz? He said, he said it pronounced his name wrong. Mainz? He said it Mainz? was pronounced like Heinz. Like Heinz ketchup? You said so, Heinz, Aldrich, and then you said Aldrich Heinz ketchup. 
I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce the ketchup either. It's, it sounds like Heinz ketchup. So Heinz, Mainz, Aldrich, uh, Mindfuhrer from our very own Facebook group. <laughs> what are your guys' opinions on these types of posts that happen multiple di- times a day in local photography groups? Hey guys, and that was guys with a Z. I'm looking for a great spot to shoot in insert town or area. The client is looking for something outdoorsy with water nearby and tall grass. Would you guys happen to know any great photo spots where I can take my clients? So what's your feeling on that? People asking for your good, good spots. I just wonder what rock this photographer's been living under. A ketchup rock. (laughs) A Heinz rock. Oh, the photographer doesn't know where the good spots are? (laughs) Everything in my life has just been under this rock. I I don't know. Where where is the grass? Where where are the trees? Where where is the water? Do parks exist? Are parks a thing? Is this, I mean, is this something that other people struggle with in other states and other countries where they don't know where the water is? (laughs) Are we blessed beyond knowledge? Of the water that we have in Indiana, <laughs> aren't we the state of a of a hundred creeks? Is that what our title is? The state of a hundred creeks. Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> no, I just I no, I actually I laugh about like I don't know what Steve cut out, but I laugh because <laughs> yes, I do see that in photography groups quite a bit. Now, I don't know if they are shooting in a place where they've never been before. So maybe they just needed a little bit more direction of where they needed to be to go. But I don't think it's very hard to be able to. It's like, oh, look, there's a there's a river. I'm going to just go shoot over there. Typically some grass and stuff over there. I like to think they're like, hey, I just crossed the river Styx, and can I tell you it's hot over here? Now, I am a photographer, and I was looking for a place with water and tall grass and some trees, maybe, to shoot. Um, is there a place like that I can find down here in hell? Because I don't know why else people would be asking this question. Right? Am I right? Am I, am I right? I don't think there's any grass in hell. No grass in hell? <laughs> you nope. heard it from And Jen. there's no water either. <laughs> So, uh, a few listeners responded to Aldrich's uh, question. So, Louise Malcolm wrote in and said, don't tell them. They should get off their butts and go find it themselves. Are we turning into the, like, grumpy old photographers? This whole group is grumpy old photographers. Oh, my it's, goodness. They're my favorite people. <laughs> it's the, the, like, glass is shattered. It's like... Oh my gosh, we're the grumpy old photographers that are like, oh, those youth always asking these questions. They need to learn on their own. Lori Ostrowski wrote, um, to answer your question, it's annoying. And on a side note, when I think of tall grass, I instantly think ticks. Oof. Jen and I did a promo shoot uh, with <gasps> a videographer and we oh let gosh, them. We, we have Lyme's disease. I just We let the videographer choose the location and the location they chose was a grassy field with very tall grass. This would have been like, what, seven years ago or something? And I found three ticks on my body afterwards. There was four. I picked off four off myself. You picked four off yourself? Yeah, and that was also during the shoot. It was was incredibly infested with, with ticks. It was like during the shoot. There were like a few times where like uh, our videographer friend was like, oh, there's a tick on you. And it's just like, what? (laughs) Oh, tall grass is terrible and I hate it. (laughs) That's also where tigers get you in the tall grass. That's why they have the stripy pattern. So they blend in. I know that's a big fear here in Indiana. Rebecca Elliott wrote, uh, I teach them how to do a search within the group so that I don't have to answer the same question three months later when they need a different sort of location. One last question. Tyron from a random Facebook group asks, at what point do tweaked presets become yours rather than the original artists? I know this might step on some toes, but I'd love to know what everyone's take on it is. I have somebody who wants to buy a particular preset off of me that I use, but as the original isn't mine, I'm hesitant to sell it. This particular one is also one of my favorites, but it is tweaked to the point that it bears no resemblance to the original preset, in my opinion. Should I or should I not sell it? Do not sell it. Why not, Jen? 
That's like taking the base of some song and just making it your own and saying, oh, it doesn't really resemble the actual song, so I can make this song of my own and then you get sued for uh for blurred lines for robin thick's blurred (laughs) lines you get sued for making that good song oh my gosh i don't even yeah i just don't even think it's worth the chance of i mean how how much money you're gonna make off of it what like 30 bucks 30 bucks really worth potentially getting hundreds it of would dollars. Not be, no one would, is going to buy a preset off someone for hundreds of dollars unless it comes with like a full set good point plus Very good why point. are you selling someone else's your preset why are you selling your quote-unquote editing look slash style to somebody else that is a great point i don't think that people the the photographers who build their own presets i really don't think they use those presets <laughs> they use their own presets that establish their own style you are handing over all of your hard work to create a brand to oh. someone else. Anytime I've ever looked at a photographer who's doing reasonably well and has like good photography and is selling presets that are presets they use, it's always presets they used last year or the year before. It's never what they're currently using because they don't want a bunch of people out there with like photos that look very, very similar to theirs. People are going to be able to get photos very similar to theirs on their own if they know how to manipulate stuff in Lightroom and everything and they know how to shoot like them and stuff like that. But... Yeah, like nobody's out there like, here, this is my hard work that I've done. Please just take this, plug and play, and now you'll you'll have photos just like, nobody's doing that. Everybody's trying to protect their individuality, which I think is an okay well, thing you to have be yourself to. and to protect your, your own sense of self. If you, if, how are you able to sell yourself as something that is better than something else if you look like everybody else and you charge like everybody else or maybe even charge more than everybody else like you have to establish something that is different about you that would make people desire like desire you over another photographer unless you're so basic in the way you look that with just a few few minor changes you could really look like anyone anyone at all think about that now you're just going out there and like beep, bloop, bloop. So they're like now the forever 21 like, of photographers. Yeah. <laughs> you just walk in and it's just like a vomit of clothing all over the place where you just don't even know what to look at. Yeah. I mean, I was going to go more like talented Mr. Ripley. You look like any other person, take their life sort of thing. But forever 21 <laughs> works too. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah, let's throw Forever. Does Forever 21 exist anymore? Let's throw them under the bus. Yeah, what's going on with that clothing brand? They're starting to go bankrupt. They go bankrupt? (laughs) They closed a lot of stores. People are like, they're too basic. I look like I could be anyone else on the face of the earth. Make your own clothes, people. Damn it. Make your own clothes. I think there's... There's something to be said to if you've established your niche and 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 the look, um, because it is incredibly overwhelming when people have options, when people have choices, and especially if they don't really have like. There's so many blogs and wedding advice out there, but it's there's so much you just don't even really know where to look. That it's incredibly confusing for people to go into to planning a wedding, and. If you can just go into the process and have few choices that just seem to work, it makes people a lot less scared to make decisions. Mm-hmm. And I think that's even the same thing with like just using the example of Forever 21, like walking t- into a store and there's just so many options. It's really hard to even like know what to look at. Cause if you're looking at every single thing and you're touching every single thing, then it's going you're to take spreading hours. the coronavirus to every single thing. Yes. So you're spreading diseases <laughs> and you're potentially getting diseases. Just think and... about that. Every time you download somebody else's preset, you're downloading their diseases. <laughs> Have you asked the person who created that preset, what diseases they had before you took that preset and resold it to somebody else? This is, how everybody gets this is probably how i got hpv wait what (laughs) wait what i don't have hpv i know you don't wow 
I got to stop there. Then I can't do anything better than what she just did. Uh, thanks for listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast. If you love the show, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to connect, we're at Wedding Photo Hangover on Instagram. Dustin, my man who's not here this week, is at Dustin underscore McKibben. I'm at Stephen Van Elk. And you can, of course, find Jen at Jen Van Elk. That's Jen with two N's. We have an awesome Facebook group you should join. Just search for Wedding Hangover online. If you want more content, head over to the Patreon by going to patreon.com slash WPH. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time your head is pounding, your limbs feel like dead weight, and your entire being aches for the sweet embrace of death. That's right. Next week after you shoot another wedding. You know, you've been on the show so much, I don't even ask anymore, like, where where else can people find you? But where where else can people find you, Jen, other than Instagram, Jen Van Alk? Do you, do you have any other podcasts? Have you been published no, recently I'm, on any, like, blogs, anything? I'm, I'm just Jen at Steve's house. Just Jen at Steve's house. <laughs> Ian's mom at Steve's house. <laughs> killing me, Jen. You're killing me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't die. Um... Jen was recently published in Petapixel. She did like a whole iPhone thing of like how to shoot newborns. And she was also uh, in an article on F-Stoppers about like how photographers are dealing with rescheduling and cancellations due to coronavirus. And on top of that, she does a podcast with me called Wedded, where we talk about wedding related planning type stuff. And um, she has a good, good blog called jenvanalk.com slash blog. <laughs> That is not. That. That's 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 the URL for it. Jen Van Elk. Jennifervanelk.com slash quick by jenvanelk.com slash blog before this goes out. Jump on our domain buying service and domain buy that. It is done. You can now go to jenvanelk.com slash blog. Oh, Jen, um, what's been getting you through the uh the virus what what have you been what have you been getting into <laughs> books music videos uh tv shows um i <laughs> pants <laughs> what have you been getting into i kind of gone off the deep end <laughs> you have or this podcast I has have. just now i have i've um been obsessively looking at perfume online, which is absolutely ridiculous because I can't smell anything. So I have no idea what I'm buying, but I'm doing some heavy research. I, I'm pretty certain if you go to a perfume website and you just hold your nose up to the screen, <laughs> you can get a good sense of what it would smell like. I'm just laughing because it's so ridiculous. It's incredibly ridiculous how much time I've been spending on researching perfumes when it makes no sense at all. I can read something and it says, oh, it has notes of musk and apple. And it's not going to smell like I think it smells. It's going to smell like a musk ox ate an apple. <laughs> I mean, it might be the defecation of an ox. Like, um, it's... Uh, who knows? Ugh, yuck. Who absolutely, who actually knows? And it's so funny reading the reviews and how people are like, oh, it's my favorite scent ever. And then people saying stuff like, smells like old lady. And it's perfume that I own that I don't think it smells like an old lady at all. All that so, means no, is that like their grandma or their great aunt owned that perfume. Possibly. Or and the that way scent has been made for the last like, 100 years. The way that the chemicals react to your your chemicals on your body can smell absolutely different than one. Like that's the way that perfume absorbs into the skin and releases its scent. It's completely different for each person. So it might smell amazing on one person and then terrible on the next. And so even like reading the reviews, it it's completely bogus. Like I, I'm wasting a lot of time on something I can't even actually know what I'm purchasing. But I really enjoy going to one of the things I really enjoyed when we were not in quarantine, we were in isolation um, was to go to stores and like do scents like to uh, spray the perfume, little samples and stuff and find a little sample bottle that I could purchase. And that would be my perfume for the month. And that's what I used to do 
And I actually really miss it. So this Mm -hmm. is a way for me to kind of get that back. Um, I've also been organizing our house and not necessarily like Marie conduing. Like I'm more just getting rid of stuff that we should have gotten rid of a long time ago anyways. Oh, I've been playing the ukulele more too. Getting getting all up on that uke? Yeah. Do you want to go grab the uke? We can end the episode with you uking it out. I mean, I could, but that just would be really, really annoying for everybody else. <laughs> and I've been singing a lot. Mm-hmm. So I've been playing ukulele and singing and singing to the kids and things that I didn't really do beforehand, before all of this. Yeah. But I've been able to enjoy it. So I used to play guitar and then I got a ukulele a couple of years ago at kind of stopped playing the guitar because the ukulele was just more accessible then i just didn't do it very often but is it kind of funny that i'm obsessed with perfume right now which is solely based on a scent that i cannot use through the internet yes it is very funny (laughs) perfumes are one of those things you really need to go to a store and like spritz into the air and then walk through and then spritz into another customer's face as they walk by and laugh and run away and be told you're not allowed back in the store again. Mm-hmm. Not that that ever happened to me as this a small child. This is why child. you don't have cologne. Yes. By your something. Because it stings eyes and I'm not allowed in stores that sell cologne. <laughs> I... I've found things that I've been mildly obsessed with in short periods of time. And then I move on to the next thing. I don't get cologne. I don't get cologne in guys. Do you get cologne in guys? Like, I don't, I don't get it. Um, I've never met somebody who was like, his cologne smelled so good or he smelled so good because of his cologne. Everyone I've ever met is always, if they mention somebody else's smell, it always has something in a positive manner. Yeah. It always has something to do with like. They're natural. Yeah. With like natural sense. They're, and it's never, every time somebody wears cologne, like a guy, it is like universally made fun of by everyone I know. Like, I, I don't know anyone I'm who's sorry. okay do with you, it. you like, are you still 16 years old? Like. Yeah. You basically. make fun of people who wear cologne. No, I, I think that you should not stray away from cologne. I like cologne. And I like the smell of certain... There's certain like brands out there that I really, really like that are of men's cologne that I've smelled on other people. And it's like, oh, God. But I like the smell of your deodorant, too. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's always like, this, your deodorant smells so great. Like, mm. But also, you or, say or, that... Or, or your body wash smells so great or the stuff you put in your hair smells so great. There's mm-hmm. so many different scents and it's like, you can't just layer all those scents and then be like, and now I'll put on cologne and add another scent to this scent palette of this. I'm, I'm creating an entire sensation for you. That sounds amazing. Um, also, what are you even talking? Like, Hey, I wear perfume. I wear deodorant. I also use body wash and put things in my hair and deodorant. I wear all of those things. So are you saying that, are you just going to start making fun of me now because I wear perfume? I've literally never smelled you. You've literally never smelled me. That is not <laughs> true. That is not a literal thing. Um, you don't ever hug people. So you also don't smell their cologne. So, so wait, are you saying that? I'm saying that you didn't never heard, you've never smelled someone's cologne or perfume because you never hug people. So, like, if, if if you go in for a hug and they've got, like, really good perfume or cologne, is it, like, the hug just gets longer and you're just like, I just want to stay like this forever. Hold me closer. Well, it's a pleasant experience. Mm-hmm. Like, how pleasant? Like, pleasant it's enough you necess- want to live in the moment forever? No. Okay. But do you really need that to be able to put Every time I on? hug you, I want to live in the moment forever. Well, maybe if you wore cologne, I would feel the same way. <laughs> I'm just saying that you can't use the the idea of, I don't know anybody that wears cologne. You don't ever hug anybody. You're never close enough to people to actually smell them. So I get my nose in so many different people's armpits just to get a good snifter. 
See, see how their deodorant's working. You do that all the time. This is so true right now. Literally stick your nose in everyone's armpits. Literally. Yeah, get a good snifter. Which is the type of glass you use to drink beer. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys all for tuning in and listening this week. Um, we'll be back next week, me and Dustin, with another new episode. Have a great night. Day. Whenever it is for you. Good night. Good day. Good day. <laughs>